needy baby, greedy baby, indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I am Tiffany, your host, and today we're going to cover the case of Carmine Nelson while I'm back to my vodka and Mio. Patricia Ann Hill was born April 29, 1965 in Pima County, Arizona. Following her divorce, she decided she wanted to legally change her name to Jordan Brooke Lum. She was a kind person, and everyone said she had a vibrant smile. She was just adjusting to the single life again. She found herself having a hard time, not only with the loss, but getting around her home by herself. She suffered from chronic pain from some past medical procedures that didn't go very well. She never let it bring her down, though. She always tried to stay positive, and she always worked towards bettering herself. One of the biggest ways that she was trying to better herself is she was going to meetings. She had developed a pill addiction from having chronic back pain. She was prescribed all these medications, but she was another statistic that, you know, you end up taking more than you need and just the cycle goes from there. So she knew she needed help. So she went to meetings and that's where she meets Carmi Nelson. Carmi was going there for alcohol abuse. They met at a psychiatric and substance abuse treatment center in February of 2017. They were both newly single and they seemed to have a lot in common. Carmine was in the middle of going through some things. She was leaving her husband and she was pretty much homeless. Jordan felt bad and thought that maybe she could come up with a solution. She told Carmi that if you move in, you know, you don't have to pay any any bills because she doesn't work. She, she doesn't have anything. That if she helps around the house, she could live there rent-free until she could get on her feet. You know, she'd help with, like, dishes, vacuuming, sweeping, laundry, shit like that. I mean, you ask me, I think that's a good freaking come up if you're homeless. At first, they were getting along great. They would hang out every night. You know, they're doing girly things, painting nails, painting toes, watching movies, talking about their past, just having a good time. Once they're about two weeks into there, things start to change a little bit. Carmi decided she was done helping around the house. She was no longer helping pick up after Jordan or herself. She also would go out every night. Not that the girl couldn't go out, but the fact is now you're going to want to sleep all day or she didn't come home or, you know, it just became a nuisance. And of course, this bothers Jordan. That was the deal. That was the plan. I help you. You live here. You pay nothing. Help me around the house since, you know, she can't bend and do all that stuff that Carmi can do. Jordan even overheard her one night. She was sitting in her room talking to her daughter and she was bad-mouthing Jordan, saying she thinks that I'm her maid. No, honey pie. You're earning your keep. You don't pay anything. I mean, I don't understand how she could talk bad about her. She was also borrowing money from Jordan. Because remember, she doesn't have a job. Jordan started to become, though, like almost obsessed with what Carmi was up to. She always felt like she was doing something behind her back. She always felt as if something was a little off. And she couldn't really pinpoint it. And anytime she got close to trying to figure out what it was, she would snap at her, 
slam her door in her face. When they were in the middle of these spats, it could get pretty scary. It was turning into a very toxic household because neither one of them were really respecting each other's boundaries. You know, Jordan is kind of tippy-toeing around the house, spying on her. And the other one is just being completely disrespectful and not doing what she said she was going to do. After all this, Kermie's daughter decided, you know, she needed to come over, check out her mom's new place and her new roommate. She wasn't sure if her mom was, like, being legit or was, you know, she knew how her mom was. Let's just say that. So, she didn't want to take too much in her heart, but she definitely didn't want her mom being taken advantage of. I'm not sure if she really understood what they agreed upon. I think maybe she told her daughter, like, you know, hey, I'm just staying there and she expects me to do all this stuff. But no, like, that's what you agreed on. So when her daughter comes over, she's hanging out with both of them, you know, kind of sizing her up and everything. And they're all getting along great. It was while they were in a good patch. It's at this visit, though, that Jordan finds out the reason why her mom left her her husband, that he was very physically abusive and he was very dangerous and she knew that he had weapons. This scared Jordan to shit because she's like, uh, okay, is he going to come looking for her? Like, you know, this made her uncomfortable. She did have a talk with Carmi and she said, you know, I'm here to help you stay away from that. So you have to promise me you're not going to let him in this house. You're not going to let him anywhere near the house. He doesn't even need to know where you live. If he's physically abusive, like cut ties. She was just so kind. Like even if she had no cash on her, she would write her a check for cash. She felt bad for her and she wanted to help her, but all she wanted was the respect back that she was giving. And it wasn't that way. Even though, I mean, snooping around on other people, that ain't cool either. After days upon days of Carmi not doing anything around the house and dishes and everything is just piled up. Jordan would notice the trend. So she'd be all sweet. Hey, you know, can I get a couple bucks? So then Jordan's like, yeah, here you go. And then days go by after that where she does nothing around the house. Jordan was getting fed up and she was starting to feel like she was definitely being taken advantage of. She finally woke up and the next time that she was asked for money, she told her no. Well, Carmi flipped a switch and became a bitch. She started yelling at her like it's her fault. You know, she's not your ATM. At this point, Jordan and Carmi are on a path to nowhere good. And to add to all this other drama, now they're getting phone calls at the house. And the calls are just, they're weird and they're kind of frightening just because nobody answers. Just somebody, somebody's presence on the other side of the phone. It was creepy. Jordan was starting to get really anxious and she didn't understand what the hell was happening in her house. This person would call multiple times a day. Well, shit really hits the fan when Jordan calls the cops on Carmi for not returning her car like she was supposed to. She lent it to her so she could just run to the grocery store to grab a couple items and she was supposed to come back. Well, after a few hours and no way to find her, get a hold of her or nothing, she first calls her daughter and her daughter picks her up and they go looking for her. They look for her car. Can they find Carmi? Can they find her car? It's nowhere to be found. She has no other choice but to call the cops. 
She didn't know if she sold it, if she took off, if she was in an accident. Nobody knew what in the hell was going on. Although Jordan never pressed charges, Carmi was pissed. Jordan told her, like, I want you out of my house. This little bitch says, you can't make me. It's our house now. (laughs) Well, someone did their homework. That's true. If you stay at someone's house and start getting mail, then technically they are a resident. They don't have to freaking pay rent. They don't have to do shit. You have to evict them if you want them out, which can take 30 days. I get it. She just wants her life back. Jordan started hearing whispering at night and she just had a feeling someone was in her house. And every time, you know, she'd tippy-toe over by Carmi and listen, she got caught a lot and this would infuriate Carmi. I'm telling you, neither of these two are on a good path. This is a very toxic household. It's just Jordan was really scared that it was her ex and she did not want him in the house. I mean, first of all, that's the whole reason why she's there in the first place, to not be around him. So why do I have you up in my house if you're still with him? That makes no sense. And I want you to go, so you would need to go. Totally get that. (laughs) Totally. One night, she got a call, like usual, but this time, somebody actually spoke, and it was a man. He started demanding money, and he told her that he was going to call her back, give her some more directions, and just hung up. She was freaking petrified. She wasn't a rich woman. She lived comfortably, and she worked for what she had. On April 2nd, 2017... Jordan and Carmi were having one of their bad days. Carmi is still super, super pissed about this whole cop thing. She feels like she shouldn't have had the cops called on her. You know, I brought it back eventually. You weren't using it kind of shit. They got in a pretty heated argument and Jordan told her, My name is on that deed and your name never will be. I'm sure if you could see smoke coming out, that's exactly what you would see. She was pissed. She's like, oh yeah? We'll see about that. I'll take your house and I'll raise you one. On April 5th, Fermi's husband, Daniel Nelson, called 911 to tell him that his wife had killed her roommate, Jordan Lum. He told them that the reason why he knew this was because she contacted him to have him come help her clean it up. When they go to the house to do their welfare check to make sure everything is okay and that maybe this was just a prank call, they do find Jordan's body in her garage inside a wooden crate. From the stench in that house, they determined that Jordan's body had been there decomposing for a couple days. The autopsy showed that she was killed on that April 2nd. Her throat was slit and she had been stabbed 110 times, which included her back and her chest. She was also hit over the head with a hammer. Carmi's estranged husband, Daniel, he had been living in a homeless camp in North Carolina at the time of the murder. She had called him and told him that he needed to take the drive so he could help hatch a plan against Jordan. But by the time he actually got there, Jordan was already dead. And he was driving from Somerville to North Carolina. He had no idea what was happening back at this house. He thought that they were going to hatch some kind of crazy plan to I don't know what, but I don't think he knew it was going to be murder. 
They spent the next two days cleaning up the murder and drinking and taking pills. Soon enough, Carmi's anger then turned to Daniel and she started threatening him. And that's when he secretly recorded two conversations where she was describing how she killed Jordan. He confessed to the police that he unwittingly helped Carmi move the body and clean up, but he insisted that he had nothing to do with the murder, that he got there after it was all done. She was even already in the box, signed, sealed, delivered. When 911 went to the house to do their welfare check, they found Carmi Nelson holding a knife to her throat, threatening to kill herself. When the policeman asked her where Jordan was, she told them that her roommate was away at a detox facility in California. But as they went digging through the house, they found Jordan's body. She was in a wooden crate covered with blankets. They were both taken into custody that day. They had to attack Carmi to get the knife from out of her freaking hand. Like, who answers the door with a knife in your hand with police officers? Trying to get shot. During the trial, Carmi tried to pin the whole thing on Daniel. She said that she was drunk the whole time and that Daniel made her make those recordings to admit to the crime so he wouldn't be charged. No one believed her. She was found to be guilty of murder and she got sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Daniel accepted his charges of being an accessory after the fact of murder and for trying to hide or destroy evidence. Carmi Nelson is currently incarcerated at the Charleston County Jail and Daniel Nelson's current whereabouts are unknown. That is crazy. You go to help a woman out and you lose your life. I need to do a special shout out to Ed Richards who became a Patreon. So thank you for the love. If you too would like to become a Patreon, just go over to crimeovercocktails.com, follow the Patreon page. It is easy. There's also directly through PayPal in the Cash app. Also, make sure while you are listening to these podcasts, you are like, following, subscribing, or leaving a five-star review. Word of mouth works fantastic. Love it. If you like what you're hearing, please spread the love. Again, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk crime another time. Bye.